We are starting a new series today called Life Assurance. As we live in this season of Easter, and as we begin, we're using the first words of John's first letter. John writes this. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we've seen with our eyes, what we've looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed and we've seen it and testified to it and declare to you that eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us, we declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we've heard from Him and proclaim to you. That God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him while we're walking in darkness... We lie and do not do do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. walk into our lives, O oh God, in so many ways, from so many angles, and yet in no way more profound than the way in which you walk into our life through Christ our Lord. Surprise us this morning with the life you give us, and the calling you offer us. Amen. Two weeks ago, we celebrated Easter. The thing is, though, that Easter is not meant to be contained into one single Sunday of the year or one event. Easter for Christians is every day. We are to live every day as if it is Easter Sunday all over again. We are called upon to live like that as if we are living new life every single day. When the sun peaks over the horizon every single morning, a new Easter has dawned. That's how we are called upon to live. When we wake up, We are waking up to new life in Christ every single time. And we're called upon to to have and learn about that kind of joy. So much so that it exudes from every aspect of our being. That even when we're walking down the street, sometimes someone may look at us and wonder to themselves, gee, I wonder what they have to be so happy about, right? That's, That's what... 
what an Easter life is. We are, in fact, to live that way because we're assured of life and life abundant. You might actually say that God has given us a life assurance policy. Assured us of life. And so we're going to learn these next few weeks some of the things that are written into this life assurance policy we've given. But we need some help. We need a guide. We need, we need an assurance agent to spell out for us just what's in this life assurance policy that we've been given and are called upon to live. We need someone to guide us through, to kind of give us a sense of, and we have someone. Our guide is First John, going to walk us through this Easter life that, that we've been given. So read it. That's my thing to you. Read First John. It's not long. It's five chapters. Read it before you go to bed tonight. Read it a little bit at a time. It's just not very long. Read it. We're going to spend a little time with First John. Modern commentaries, when they're talking about First John, often describe it as the capstone of theological and ethical thought in all of the New Testament. Now, that's just a big, fat, fancy way of saying it's really awesome. It's an awesome letter. We think it's just an amazing, awesome letter. And it is. It's an incredible letter. And the reason why it's so incredible and so uh, amazing and awesome is because John has a way of presenting to us profound truths about God while sticking with simple language in order to do it. Simple phrases like God is love and stuff like that that, that are easy to grasp but also don't quite let us go and keep us thinking about it time and time again. So it's, that's not an easy feat to accomplish and yet First John does it quite well. So it's an awesome Letter. Martin Luther once described 1 John as an outstanding letter that has the ability to buoy up even the most afflicted heart because of how John gently and beautifully presents Christ to us. To buoy up even the most afflicted heart. So it's an awesome letter. As awesome as it is, though, we actually don't know who wrote it. We, have, we don't have a clue. We just don't have a clue. There are three letters of John that are attributed to John, and, and all three of them could have been written by a different person. They're, they're that much dissimilar. As similar as they are, they're also dissimilar enough. Like, well, I don't know. They could be a different person. Tradition has, has maintained that the same person that wrote these three letters also wrote the Gospel of John as well as the book of Revelation, but we really don't know that for sure. That's just what we've kind of held on to, you know, probably because, you know, John's a good name like any other ones. Why not John? Let's just make it John. So that's what we've done. So it's John, even though we don't know. What we do know is that the writer of this letter had the gospel of John in front of them as they wrote. That much we know. And you really don't have to be a rocket scientist uh, to figure that one out. All you have to do is read the beginning of both of those books, John, 1 John and the Gospel of John, and you'll see what I mean. The first few verses that we read of first, they're so similar. And you read the first words of 1 John, and, and you can't help but have the beginning of John's Gospel rush right 
back into your brain. The first couple of verses, we declare to you what was in the beginning concerning the word of life is the first part of 1 John, which brings back John's gospel. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word that came into being was life. When you get to verse 5 of 1 John, he says, this is the message we declare to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. You go right back to verse 5 of the first part of John's gospel where it says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. You can't help but have the gospel story rush right back into your heart and into your head when you read the first part of this letter. And that's what John is wanting to happen. That's what he's hoping for. When you start reading this letter, he is, he is wanting the story of Jesus to come rushing back into your heart. He's, he's wanting to get us all excited about this new life of Christ all over again. In fact, what he's trying to do is he's trying to convince us that Christ's life is not just some idea that we can think about and discuss, but is instead a real life that we experience. As New Testament Professor Moody Smith points out or suggests, the heavy effort placed on the visibility of Christ's life in the first part of John's letter tries to make it clear that the word actually did become flesh and really did dwell among us. And John goes to great lengths in order to convince us of that, to tug on our heart and tease our brains with, with the great gospel story. He goes to great lengths. Why? Because he believes that every single day is Easter Sunday all over again. That every single day the Word becomes flesh and dwells among us. That every single day the, the tomb that was once full is now empty. That every single day when we wake up, we wake up to a new life in Jesus Christ. That God really has assured us and given us a a life assurance policy. And assurance number one, the first thing on his assurance list is that we're assured of light. Assurance number one, God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. And it is at this point that I picture John leaning in close. You know how when you're talking to someone and they, they lean into you almost to the point where you're saying, you know, personal space, personal space. But they're really wanting you, they're really wanting you to, to hear, hear what they're about, that they don't want you to miss. Now they lean in close. That's what I picture John doing. In all of these first verses all lumped together, he's announcing this message and 
bringing the story back in, and then he's, he's leaning in close because he's going to tell us something quite important, and this is the important part. He says, we declare this to you so that, and that's always the, the key phrase, right? So that, and you're like, okay, this is where either there's a catch or it's something really cool. So that, we declare this message to you so that you might have fellowship with us, and that's the key. That's the deal. That's the meat for John, so that we might have fellowship with one another. The light that John is talking about is the life we have been given with God that also becomes now life with one another. That's what he's, it's all about relationships. The life we have been given in God, the light, is a life we now share in one another. We declare this to you so that you might join us in that life. You might live in that way. Know the joy that we share. Join us in that life. John believes that. It's all about relationships. That's why every single day for him is Easter Sunday all over again. One of the things that hopefully you will discover, and if you're not already in your life, is a fundamental truth that if you look close enough is embedded in these letters and hopefully will be embedded in this sermon series. And the fundamental truth is this. Life is not about what you have. It's never been about that. It's not about what you have. Oh, we try our best. We really do. We try hard to make life about what we have or what we can get or what we can own. It's everywhere. We talk about it. It's so in our conversations. We don't even realize we're doing it, but it's there. And, and yet that's not what life's about. Life's not about what you have. Life is about who you are with. That's what life's about. It's what life has always been about. It's all about relationships, and John believes that. In fact, John puts it this way, that if we are in, if we say we have fellowship with God and are walking in darkness, we're lying. We're being untrue. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, it's a vertical thing, then we have fellowship with one another. If we walk in the light, it's both vert vertical and horizontal. The life we've been given with God is a life that we share with one another. Jesus being real doesn't matter if it doesn't change the way you live and motivate you to love in the way that Jesus loves. This doesn't matter unless it does something to this. The light we've been given is a light we should be sharing no matter what. To live each day as if it's Easter Sunday all over again. One of the most influential 
theologians of the last hundred years, arguably, is German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer is known as much for his in, in amazing, impressive thinking, but more so than that, he influenced us by how he lived his life. He was over here in the States in seminary when World War II broke out, and he voluntarily, he could have stayed here and stayed safe, but he voluntarily went back to Germany, to his home country, in order to stand against the Nazi regime, which of course means that eventually he was arrested and imprisoned and executed. In his final weeks, he spent his life with people from all different nations in that prison camp, from Russia, from England, from Italy, Germany, America. What I'd like to do is read to you something that one of the English soldiers, officers, wrote about Bonhoeffer after his death. This is what he wrote. Bonhoeffer always seemed to me to spread an atmosphere of happiness and joy over the smallest of things alongside a profound gratitude for the mere fact that he was alive. He was one of the very few persons I've ever met for whom God was real and always near. When they finally came to take him away, he quietly took me aside and said, this is the end. But for me, it is the beginning of life. Now that's the kind of thing John is talking about in his letter. That if God is light and we are assured of that light, then we must share it with one another no matter what? None of it matters if it doesn't show up in how you live and how you love. God is light, says John, and in him there is no darkness at all. Take that assurance and put it in your pocket and then go out into the world and live like it. Live like it every single moment you have. Wake up every single day and live that day as if it's Easter Sunday all over again. Amen.